Welcome to the Pluralistic Rabbinical Seminary podcast. This is your friend, Rabbi Patrick, sitting here with my friend, Rabbi Sandy Zisser, founder, director of Pluralistic Rabbinical Seminary, and I hope you're enjoying this podcast. You seem to be if you're this far into it. So why don't you go on our website, jewishpluralism.org. You'll find uh, all of the resources you need to start your rabbinical journey, including our community, Beit Midrash, uh, which I think is pretty great. It's a really good opportunity to uh, try it out, see if this works for you. Um, I should also add one other thing. You know, you may be thinking, well, gosh, the, the year starts in January, and it may be, you know, May, June, July. August, why should I even bother to get started? Well, you can get started. You don't have to wait until the last second because we have rolling admissions, the opportunity for you to start with electives and courses like that before your cohort even begins. And you might even get up to that cohort date and think, well, maybe I want to wait another year. And you can do that too. And the fee for that is just one payment very, very easy. So go on our website, jewishpluralism.org. You can learn more all about that. And you can also reach out to Rabbi Sandy and he's fun to reach out to, let me tell you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so there we go. So let's go ahead yeah. and get started with what could go wrong. What could go wrong? And believe me, things go wrong all the time. Starting a Seminary is no easy task, so we're going to reflect on the past couple of years of ups and downs, um, including what we would do differently if we had a choice. Now, obviously, we have had this discussion throughout the podcast of you know what goes right, goes wrong. We're going to focus on the wrong today because <laughs> a lot of things have gone fantastic, but every once in a while, things get a little goofy, things go sideways, and you have to resolve those issues. So I just want to go back early, early on. Rabbi Sandy, did you face any challenges sort of in the beginning of this thing, you know, whether whether it was when we actually launched the organization or any time before that? Were there any challenges you had to deal with? And sort of if so, how did you deal with that? Well, that's a fun question, because I, I will tell you that besides like my own like psychological problems with doing this and like my 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 insecurities about about saying, should we be doing this? Should we not be doing this? How should we do this? How could we, you know? Um, what's funny is that I found that a lot of the issues that came up were, at, at least in the beginning, were were internal, right? Like in okay. that, that a lot of them actually wound up to be in my head, um, yeah. which like is what? funny because, so like when we first started talking about it, uh, and I actually, if anyone could actually see where I am, I'm actually in the, in the exact spot today uh, that I was when we had that original phone call about nice. like, is there a way to do this? And then we spoke about how it wouldn't work, right? That's So I'm exactly <laughs> in that same spot right now, uh, which is funny because now this is what we're talking about. So that's sort of a funny thing. So like, if you go back to that original, original conversation, right? Um, of, of this idea of, well, can we do this? And of course, in my mind at the time, I was like, Oh, that would be sort of an interesting exercise to do it, right? And then, of course, we spent that next hour and a half talking about how it couldn't work, um, and, which was the opposite of what, in the real back of my mind, I was thinking. Uh, and then I also found that steps along the way made me really excited about, like, yes, I want to do this. And, and then at each of the actual physical stages of, like, you know, finding people, like talking to people about it, um, there was this. I I always felt this this urge of 
like excitement, but then there was always while well, I'm actually saying this out loud. You know, right. I actually say I'm actually saying this idea out loud to someone, and then I'm gonna pause and then they're gonna say something back. You know, there was that moment of, of that. And um honestly, even for the, the folks that we spoke to originally very early on, it was there wasn't really like ever a uh oh oh honey, why why do you want to do that moment? Right, you know? right. You know, it was, oh, that's interesting. Or, yeah, I could see how that could, that would work. But there wasn't, so I don't even know if, if those moments people were actually being honest about like what they thought right. or not. Um, but, but in the times where I found that when I had picked the people that I wanted to be our instructors, right, when, when those moments came, I found that there was a lot of questions about it right right and and more about like let me understand what i might be signing up for you know that type of thing sure Uh, as opposed to as opposed to um we i never really had any conversations about wow this is a horrible idea right right people were curious and it's tough when you're starting something because people want to ask questions as if it's always existed right and And it's all hypothetical right right (laughs) Right. it's tough what so let's go back a little bit because you were talking about um the things that were in your head yes. right that there were things in your head is there you know what were those things i mean because the internal struggle that a person has is just as relevant as the external issues sure, sure. really is so at first you know the, the first thought i mean it's probably the same types of thoughts that kept you from saying yeah we should go for it right right um which we'll get to in a minute I feel, but the idea is that I mean the things in my head were were wow like why should I be doing this, right? You know right. like like who made me decide yeah. like who am like, I yeah. like wh- who am I to do something like this you know uh, right. and like and and how is the reaction actually going to affect what I do, you know right. because because what you know my my real world life you know I'm pretty heavily involved in the Jewish community in my area and you know know, all of my friends if not a very large majority of them are all movement Jews you know that that are affiliated somewhere and at first I thought oh this is a good experiment to think about right it was very hypothetical and my brain kept going back to right but if it was real like what would be the reaction so I think that a lot of the time my my thoughts about what other people were going to say or feel um, were getting my way, right? right? But they never actually happened, you know? And, and of course, one of the things that I've learned uh, over the years is that 80% of the things that your brain thinks will happen never do. Right, right. And I think, I forget which president it was who had a similar version of that, which is that, you know, if you're, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's something like, you know, if you see boulders rolling down a hill, if you see 10 of them, don't worry about eight of them because they'll, they'll never hit you. Right. 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 And that's, and that's basically what it was. So, and then of course, you know, when the, the older the person you spoke to, the, or I should say the older the person I spoke to, the more of a reaction of like i don't really get what you're doing but you shouldn't be doing right right yeah i don't understand and since i don't understand it must be wrong right you shouldn't right right because and it was it was very similar to the idea of 
um, well, it's never been done like that, so why are you going to do it? Right, right. If yeah. it's never been done, there must be some smart person out there who figured out why you shouldn't. Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, right. but of course, I, I always chalk that up to, well, you don't really understand what I'm saying in, in terms of the technology and how that would actually work and, and what actually it would be doing. And it's important to contextualize because we don't know when people are listening to this episode. Um, COVID didn't exist yet. At least it wasn't something that people really oh, no. knew about. Right? right. And so when you're trying to explain to people this concept of like, well, you're going to meet online, the concept of meet online was absurd right. to people. Right. They were like, right. well, but I'm not in a classroom. Well, but where's Correct. my bulletin board? Well, Correct. how am I supposed to, you know, the ones I think were the, I say that this was the most complicated because I was the one who was dealing with it, was the idea of, well, wait a minute, I'm just going to like stare at a screen and record a class and then that's going to go right. online somewhere and someone's going to watch it. You're going to put a, you're going to put Jewish content on YouTube. That's like, you know, what, how does sure. that work? And it's like, right. well, it's working for all the other people that do it. Exactly. And it's also been working for the past, you know, eight, 10, however many years that we did it. So, right. Because you have to remember <laughs> for, for those of you, right. For those of you, for those of you who are listening in to this and probably maybe hopefully not this year, but maybe in the future years, right, we're talking two years before the pandemic was even an right. idea. Right. right. So right. we're going, we're going to an era of time where like the only thing you were doing online was like this was like dating apps. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. What like, is this gonna be like Tinder for Smicha? Right, like you right, swipe you right know, to become and, a rabbi? Exactly. Right. And and people were and and the the older the generation of person I spoke to, they didn't understand it. They they couldn't right. or they didn't or it's funny because I'm talking about people who are like in their 60s, 70s plus. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, Let's and, clarify what older is. Right. I'm not gonna say like you know, anyone under 60 get, you know got the idea right but sure. we're talking about people over 60 years old who probably don't validate much on the internet as it is you know right. couldn't really understand right. what what we were actually doing and what it would actually look like and how it actually could be valid you know and that was very yeah. because i'm sure those people also didn't understand that actually brick and mortar schools do have you know internet components <laughs> to it right. in classes right. you know I'm, I'm assuming that was like a, a they, they, they probably let's be honest we're still using aol <laughs> you know yeah i think i saw i saw someone that we interviewed they don't work for us but uh i saw someone um submit a resume and the email address was mindspring and i was okay. like that's amazing that that even exists anymore <laughs> sorry if you look at mindspring we just made fun of you My yeah bad. sorry sorry but, but yeah. you know if you want to sponsor our podcast anyway yeah but, sure <laughs> hey make mindspring the next relevant thing. again sure uh, yeah right <laughs> right poor right. mindspring but, but no so so in many ways like the 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 challenges that I had were more about what I thought other people would react to what we were doing. Right. You know, I knew, I knew that the, again, we spoke about this once before, but I knew that at any time along this process, the plug could be pulled and we'd be fine. Right. You know, right. until, until we actually launched and, and accepted our first student, it was all really hypothetical. You know, there was, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't anything that was like holding us to, to anything. Um, and, and I thought that at, toward the end, of course, you know, as things were building and, and more, we had more educators on board and we had more content being created and we had other people doing things, it became real, right? It, it became yeah. like it's a thing. And then the excitement started and then the, 
and we've we've talked about this before too that and then the excitement passed because we did it and then now what now we actually have to do it you know we did all the planning right right we could have very well if it wasn't if it wasn't working like if we knew a year and a half in that this you know we we definitely taught students it definitely was a quality program but it's not something that we could continue on without right. pulling our hair out we could have easily you know, finish the cohort, given them mm -hmm. smicha, and then, yeah, hit the pause button and said, hey, we're retooling for a year, right? We could have taken right. a year off and said, you know, we're not going to do a whatever year cohort that would have been. Exactly. Right? We could have easily said we need a year to sort of process and then right. create the next cohort. And and we could have done it that way. And I think if it was going, if, if, if it had gone bad, mm -hmm. that's what we would have done. We would have just right. said, okay, great you know, alpha or, you know, Aleph co cohort, I should say, yep. uh, you know, was ordained. It was a good experience. And now we're going to, you know, sort of do the marketing work to, to talk to those right, students, right. find out what their experience was like, retool it and go back. And maybe it's two years later that you do another cohort. Like what, there's no rule that says right, that it doesn't right. exist if you aren't doing it a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a choice that people make. And I think one of the things that helped us because I, I too had those internal struggles, right? I had the more, I've, we've talked about this, I had the more than, than you did um, in, in terms right. of letting it hold me back. Mm -hmm. um, and that really was the what went wrong. Uh, what went wrong is that I as a leader didn't have confidence in myself that this mm -hmm. was something I could do. And honestly, the talking about how you overcome it was one of the students early on who had applied was going out for pizza with them. So it was coincidental that we were in the same city at the same time at one point. And we went out and had pizza. And we just talked about, you know, here's, you know, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what I've done. Here's what my role is, because my role is a little different than some of the other people mm -hmm. who are teachers and, and administrators. Uh, here's what we hope for you to get out of it. And yes, you will be, you know, student number one or student number two, whatever. Um, and, and you have to be okay with that. And if that's not right for you, then sure, understood. But here's here's what we can promise you. Here's what we are going to accomplish. Uh, beyond that, we can't promise more. Right. Um, and I think that that level of transparency is something that's kind of lost in the startup world a little bit. I think a lot of times it's, it's, it's getting better and the culture of different types of organizations makes a difference. But um, that idea of, hey, you've never seen us before, and the reason why is that we're new, and that newness is okay, right? That getting things right. wrong is okay, or or having some hiccups here and there is okay, um, and that we respond to it by being completely transparent. It's not fluffy advertising and marketing nonsense, right? We're not just right. using buzzwords. You know, it is there is a legitimate thought process. There are actual human mm -hmm. beings beyond the app beyond the right. screen. Right. Um, yeah, and I, and I think that having those early, very honest, frank conversations with people uh, really helped. Um, yeah, I, I, and yeah. If, yeah, if you also remember, we were originally going to, to launch the first cohort in September. Yeah, let's talk about that because right. that, yeah, that was the idea. And right, right, and that was one of the, you know, first sort of things that went wrong that was beyond our, you know, internal right. struggle as human beings. So yes, yeah, so we were going to start in September. And, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, yeah, we just didn't have enough students. The math wasn't right. going to work. Right, right. We, we had underestimated the, the timing of, of people's need. You know, that was right. really what it was. 
and so we thought, okay, September is a great time to start because it's school, right? And schools start in the fall, right? Right, and you're a school guy. So like you, that's right, natural, so of course. that naturally makes sense. And, and I'm course, a school rabbi and I'm thinking in terms of the fall holidays, newness and right. Rosh Hashanah and all that, yeah. Right, and then we're like, okay, that sounds like a great time to start, right? And and then we realized it wasn't such a great time to start. And because of the transparency that we had and the and the open conversations we had, we were really able to say, okay, instead of September, we're going to start in January. And here's why. And everyone was okay with it. Yeah, people were yeah. a little bummed because they and had they bummed, excitement. Sure. But, you know. Right. They definitely were bummed about it, but it did give the organization the time it needed to figure it out. Right. That and three months made a huge difference. It did. It did. And what it proved also is that January is definitely a better time to start <laughs> for many reasons. Well, it, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, besides the fact that people, it seemed were, what's interesting is that we thought that leading up to September, right, end, of, end of August, beginning of September would be a great time for people who were looking for something like this, yeah. right? right? Who knew that it was actually after the high holidays that right. people started looking for things like this, right? So when we had our December deadline, all of a sudden, people responded to it as opposed to a summer deadline. Right, you know? right. I, I had a, I, I officiated a wedding the other day and cool. of all things, during sort of during the wedding, I had a realization about this. About about why this was that uh, that January worked out beyond the practical. So the practical being that our fiscal year starts in January. So this saved me a series of accounting nightmares that mm -hmm. I am absolutely grateful for. That aside, um, I, I for some reason this popped in my head when I was officiating this wedding. I'm glad I got through it without screwing it up. But um, I sort of realized that. The reason why January ended up working out is that when you are going through that sort of Elul period and you're supposed to be becoming more and more reflective and then you have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the rest of the fall holidays, in theory, sort of the lead up to that is when you start to become reflective. And by the time you get to Yom Kippur, that's when you have that sense of commitment. Right? right? That's when, sure. you know, you say and you are, you know, really in it. But actually, that's not true at all. Because the liturgy of like and Avinu Malkenu and all these other things, they are meant to stir, stir up within you things that are dormant, right? Like dormant sin, you know, dormant, or I should say dormant memories of sin, where you go like, oh, gosh, yeah, I did do that. Putting things in the in the possessive plural of, of uh, you know, sin, right? We have committed this, we have committed that. Right. The point is that in the sort of basket of we statements, eventually you'll find something that you did. And then right. you go, oh, nuts, I can't, yeah, no, I did do that. Oh gosh, okay, I could have done better on that one. Or how, how could I have forgotten such and such? Right, and sure. so, so, so what happens is that there's a bit of a spiritual off-ramp from the holidays mm -hmm. where you you kind of look back at the holidays and you go like, 
oh yeah, like I said all those things, I felt all those feelings, you know, whatever. Now I do really need to do something, but you can't figure right. it out sometime around Simchat Torah, right? Like that's just not going to happen. There's this, it, it's like, um, it's like this time that you need to go from the big moment to the next thing. You can't mm -hmm. go big moment, next thing in a day. And, and it almost kind of makes sense. And then just from this weird quirk of Western culture, that we then have sort of secular new year, right? right? And people are also, you know, saying, you know, non-Jews and I suppose Jews too are saying like, what are your resolutions and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like this perfect segue into, okay, you had the Jewish version, you had the secular version, right? And now, right. And now you've had this three month opportunity to ask yourself, am I gonna do this or not? Mm -hmm. And 90 days is enough time or 60 days is enough time. right? To, to go on ahead, say you're going to do it, get your resume, call three of your friends and say, or colleagues and say, hey, I need you for letters of recommendation. Right. And, and there you are. So it, it really, right, even right. though we did screw it up, it really was for the better. Really was for sure. the better. It was. And, you know, what did you make it to the wedding? Or did uh, yes, I did. Okay. But you know what I did mess up is um, for whatever reason, I kept every time a word started with the letter R. I would say it with a W and it was kind of like the princess bride, oh, no. Mawid, you know, Mawid, Mawid. you know, yeah. And, and I've, yeah. I've had couples who have asked me what I, would I do that in their wedding oh, ceremony? No. Like would I do that monologue and I won't do it because I would screw it up and it's not, I no. like I will do a lot of things in a wedding. Like That's I'll funny. do some really crazy stuff with Sheva Brachot and, you know, I'll, I'll make fun of the groom before he breaks the glass. I'll, I'll, I'll have it be fun and inclusive uh -huh. and whatever. Um, but that's, that's a, that's actually a hard line for me that I won't that's do that. Funny. I even was willing to wear an Elvis costume for this one couple. Like oh, I so will, funny. I will do a lot of things. That's the one I won't do. Like I won't that's do funny. that one. However, I basically found myself doing that and and like I'm looking at my ceremony and I'm like stop 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 flubbing <laughs> every single yeah you know oh no uh, that's funny this this chuppah is where we assemble uh yeah. the relationship I'm like what what's going on oh no um, and yeah I think it's because I started thinking about PRS and yeah, the so ceremony <laughs> Speaking of that. things that could go wrong. <laughs> really? Oh, That's man. Funny. You know, the other thing with that three-month period that, sure. that sure. in the Jewish world, it's a, it's a very much a downtime, right? Yeah. There's like, like, yeah, there's Hanukkah. Great, there's Tu Bishvat, whatever, you know, like. Right, right. But but it's like, it's dead. Like, there's, yeah. no, there's, no, there's no spiritual peace to it, right, in that respect. Right, and I think right. that people, you're right, people had this idea of, oh, I should, I could do this. And also, by the way, it gave us three more, two or three more months of us getting the word out. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and we didn't, you know, we didn't put the word out so, so broadly, right? It mm -hmm. was, it was really just social media specific, you know, and yeah, yeah, no billboards anywhere or anything like no, that. No, not yet. I mean, <laughs> haven't had to, you know. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, so that that worked out, right? So, what about on the tech side of things? Did you have issues with things yeah. that we that you couldn't figure out? 
Well, I mean, thank, yeah, thank God that we hired someone, right? So our she's our right. sort not not newly. She's been in the role for a while now, but our our um, director of digital experience, uh, Julie Safrinko, mm -hmm. uh, you know, thank God she came on, and she actually came on as a support specialist. So she right. came on in a lower role, and in a sense. Uh, uh, elevated up to a higher a director role, but um, yeah, it's it, the the issues that we had were the fact that when you build a website, you have to do something called user experience testing because you build a website and you, as a tech person, have in your mind how it works, but you really have to let people do it and you have to use it and let people like bang it up, like let people use it incorrectly, break things, uh, get confused. And you have to really watch that. And I would say that from a user experience testing standpoint, uh, we didn't really have that. So, you know, nothing terrible happened, but you would have issues where, you know, people would click on certain buttons and things just wouldn't work. Or right. people would, uh, the way that payment works at uh, PRS is that you, um, select basically a payment plan. Um, and it's kind of like a subscription. So there were issues where people would sign up for that and then they would make a payment and then they go, oh, well, actually I'd rather it be this way instead. So they would want to change. And the problem is our system wasn't designed so that you could change all the time, right? You have to, so then manually, we would have to work with people to figure out, okay, well, how do we set this up so that you can have what you need and not overpay on accident or something like that? And so we had issues with that. And then also we had not set up our system such that it alerted people at the end of their payment cycle that they had completed payment. Um, Cause we, I, I just, we didn't build it. We were, you know, we had other things we had to focus on. So we would have people who would periodically email and say, well, how much have I paid so far? You know, or like how many sites? And it's like, oh gosh, well, and you can, you can do that. It's just that what would have been better is to have a button or a link or something right. that people can go to and just do it themselves. And you right. can do that. You can do all of these things now because we fixed it, right? right? Sure. But but you don't think about those things in advance. You need mm -hmm. people to come in as basically black hats and and you know mess with things. Or we had an issue where you know we had quizzes, and this is something we just recently started repairing. So we had quizzes where. Um, we accidentally, people were able to figure out what the correct answers were, even if they didn't know what the correct answers were. Sure. So we had to go in and we had to, you know, tweak the, the software and tweak the questions mm -hmm. such that you couldn't, if you were, uh, you know, ambitious enough to cheat, you right. know, we, we could fix. So we had to deal with that. And it's a very embarrassing thing to admit. Um, thank God, you know, we looked through it and there's no evidence of cheating. So it's fine. But but still, like the fact that you didn't think like, gee, a true false question, if you see that the answer is incorrect, there's only one other answer. Right. You know, sure. so it's it's things like that where it was just stuff that if we had, you know, if we had, you know, started with what we do now of this rolling admissions, right? If we could have done it over again, if we had had rolling admissions, so you have people who are going in, just taking some classes, clicking on things that don't work, having issues with links, having issues with payment processing, all of that, you can solve for all that. And then we could have had, you know, people coming in for a cohort. That would have been the ideal. That would have been a much right. smarter way of doing it. But, sure. you know, my, my approach was to keep it as low tech as possible. It feels high tech. 
but it's really not. It's actually a very low tech system, intentionally so, yeah. um, because the more tech you put into it, the more, you know, people think that tech automates away jobs. It actually creates them, and it creates them because the more tech you put into something, the more smart people you need to fix all the things you break, you know, exactly. or to exactly. or to deal with all of the all of the problems of non-tech people using technology. Inevitably, right. it's like if you've ever taken, um, like if you ever taken like a cell phone and tried to explain to a person over 80 how it works and they're just indiscriminately yeah. pushing buttons or like, mm -hmm. you know, like whatever. Or I remember one time early, early on, actually, this is really funny. Really early on, we had to onboard our educators to use our email system. Right, yeah. we, they, we, don't, yeah. we don't let them use their personal email, right? Because we want everyone to be above board and accountable to each other. So, mm -hmm. uh, so there was a teacher who, um, an educator who couldn't figure out how to use their email address because they're one of these people, and I'm one of them too. Where you know everything is Google, you're assigned into everything all the time. Your password mm -hmm. is probably password. And you know they're just kind of used to that. They're used right. to just not having to even think about it. They have Bluetooth from their, or excuse me, iCloud from their computer to their cell phone. Mm -hmm. So their cell phone is effectively a computer. And so then we throw this wrench in the system of, hey, you have to use a, a secure email address. And here's right. what it's going to be. And here's how you check it. And they're mm -hmm. like, well, how do I make it to where I don't actually have to use it? And it's like, well, no, so you no, actually no. have to use it. Oh, okay, well, I tried to use it and it didn't work, so I'm just not going to use it. No, you do have to use it. Okay, well, then I need you to get on with me and I need you to show me how to use it. And then, um, you know, an hour later, <laughs> I'm still trying to help with like, okay, here's what you need to do and, and all that. And it was, I thought, okay, this is a one-off. At one point, we had an educator who... Um, they used uh, one type of, of product and, and we're uh, very Apple centric here just because that's culture of, of startups and things like that. But uh, they were on Windows and they were having trouble figuring out something. And it got to a point where I actually had to ask my wife who knows more about PC than I do. I was yeah. like, look, I really need you to do me a favor and I need you to sit down with this educator and help because the, my wife uses a PC at work and I was like, she's trying to use it and something's not making sense to her. And I don't know how to explain it because yep. it looks different on PC and Mac. Can you help? And so literally my wife who does not work for PRS is sitting there with this educator and I'm like watching them on the couch, like trying yep. to sort out how to deal with all this. So they're like on a zoom call and they have like three windows open and all this other stuff. And I'm just like in my head, just like laughing at this whole thing. And, uh, and like how ridiculous it was that I didn't think about that of like, people are so used to, you know, now it's, it's even more so with facial recognition, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are thumb, you know, uh, thumbprint, you know, all these ways that people don't think about security anymore because right. it's so convenient right. to right. say to someone, I need to make your life inconvenient and mm -hmm. that helps everybody. Right. Oh my God. I, I remember this goes even back to Darshan Yeshiva. So this was years ago. Someone was having all these same issues and actually considered not participating in the program because the idea of having a second email address was too just much. like, was yeah. too much. This was yeah. also a person, by the way, who had three email addresses. So I'm of like, course. maybe maybe this actually is okay. Um, right. and they're no longer with us uh, for other reasons, uh, but because people get busy and all that. But uh, 
yeah, this idea of like, I'm sorry, I really do need to make your life inconvenient. And, um, you know, I always say the same thing, you know, look, we're trying to protect you from jihadists and white nationalists. Like that's why you have to be annoyed once a week with Mm -hmm. an email address that is not on your phone. And by the way, it could be if you would spend an extra 30 minutes working on it. It could be, Uh, sure. But, uh, but people don't want to do that. And that's, that's one of those what could go wrong moments of like, what happens when people are so wedded to their way of doing things that they, mm-hmm. it, it just breaks them. And, and right. a, a last one was actually um, the platform we were using for, for the classes, like the live classes. Yes. We were using one platform. Yes. And we were using it because it was the most secure, and that mattered uh-huh. to me a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, in the early days of the pandemic, we all remember Zoom bombing and things like sure. that. People were hacking into Zoom. Zoom is, was, was at the time notoriously easy to hack. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used a software that was uh, had fewer features. You couldn't really do as much with it um, right. other than a very basic face-to-face meeting. And I had a student where this student, like, you would have thought I was ruining their educational experience because they had to use something other than Zoom. And so finally I said to them, do you know why you like Zoom so much? And they said to me, because I use it all the time. And I said, yes, that is why you like it. That is why you're convinced it's a better product. So egg on my face though, eventually Rabbi Sandy is like, we're just using Zoom. Like the security, the security issues got resolved at Zoom. Exactly. Use Zoom and like stop being such a contrarian. And well, it wasn't it wasn't like contrarian. It was more of of well, the other one kept freezing <laughs> for people, so right. it was sort of hard not to to switch over. Yeah. But yes, they, they did catch up with the times, and and I guess the the pandemic did help with that or force that. You know, that, that definitely yeah. was the thing. But when whole countries, I mean, to be fair, when whole countries were banning the use of Zoom of for their, yeah. for their uh, municipal uses because yeah. people were going on there and, and drawing genitals on yes. their spaces and whatever, like, you know, that, I mean, but no, but they did fix it. And, and now that is what we use, you know, and people are happy with it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's oh, true. Well. Oh, well, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, of, of course, because there is a certain level of ego of like, you know, you wanted things to to look or feel a certain way, and then sure, you know, and in the end, no one's going to remember we use it, right? Right. Because well, in the and, end, you know, in the end, the technology is just the vehicle, right, to the to, to the end result of what we're doing. So it's exactly it's it's not it's not someone saying, yeah, I really wish we weren't using those. Like, I we had something. No, it doesn't matter. It's the it still matters of the interpersonal experience no right idea. right exactly you know, it's the so. relationship between Correct. student and educator Correct. um i remember one student who and this kind of gets to the sort of final part of this i remember one student towards the end of um towards the end of a quarter i forget which one it was uh we were having an innovation meeting right because those are the the, the mentorship mm-hmm. meetings and they were saying you know i just not belonging to a rabbinical union is going to be a problem for me and I said, no, it won't be. And they said, well, yeah, it will be. And I said, no, trust me, it won't be. If you if you work on this project that you're working on, this is a million dollar idea. And I'm kind of upset that like, I didn't come up with this idea myself. Like, I really want to see this be successful. Um, and I don't know if that person's going to work on that or not, or has as of the recording of this, uh, recording of this um, podcast. But, um, but uh, you know, this was something where I hadn't realized how much of an emotional strain this was on um, 
you know, different students and, and in different places where this question of validity and denomination and vadot um, and rabbinical unions and councils and whatever, you know, matters. Um, and this was another one of those things that you did wrong was assuming that because a student was coming to us and because we have a particular philosophy around those things and like the innovation program is about not having to deal with all that, right. um, that that wasn't still a big issue for students and something they wanted to resolve. And if I could do it over again, that's something I'd love to, to think about. Interesting, yeah, I, I think that it is true. Like we, we definitely attract a certain type of student, right? right? Um, which, is, which is great because we actually, we actually ask for that, like you know, to, to be involved in the Jewish world and not to not be fresh out of college or university. You know, we, we, there's right. something that criteria we have, and then people come with, with the, the same angst and, and issues that we had originally in right, starting this, right. yeah. you know, and it's you ironic, don't think, about, yeah. and, right, and you don't think about it that way, and you're like, yeah, well, I got over it, right, <laughs> like, you know? right. So you should already be at the stage that I'm at, and of yeah. course, and yeah. of course, the answer is not true, right? Like that's not a thing, um, which is really funny because, you know, one of the, we're sitting here talking about what seems like years ago, right? The things we did, right? Like it, right. we're talking the last five years. Um, from the time of the recording of this podcast, right? Again, if you're listening to this 10 years from now, hi, how are you? <laughs> but, you know, but, but the idea that, the idea that we, it, it's almost like stages of development, right? Or stages right. of grief, like you go through like the denial part, you go through the, the anger part of why things aren't working out or, you know, the, there's that idea and you expect, I guess we thought about people coming in being like, this is great. I have no problem. Right, you know, right. and of course they did. Whether it be, I don't want another email address, or like, what do you mean I have to go check it? Or I have another. Well, hey, right. how about how about the use of Slack as the message board? Right, oh, like gosh. you have to do yeah. that too, right? Like right, that was another things, one. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get into that, but all of those things about having to figure out like how that works. You know, in, for us, we already went through that. So we expected everyone yeah. to be like, great. Yeah. And then, so I think one of the things, like if I were thinking about it, like well, what would I do differently? Um, well, besides not, not second guessing so much, right? Right, um, right? But I think that one of the, I think that we did a really good job in the beginning of being transparent, but I wish that we actually, when we started, really had that feedback moment you know, more. I think that the idea of, of so it's, it's going well, or not, and why, you know, right, or like here, right. here's you know, like here's what we're going to be like. We had meetings with with our students prior to the school starting, right. Right, about here's how we're going to do things, and I, I think that if I had to redo that part, I would give more time for that feedback and for people to really sit and say, yeah, this might work, but this could also work, you know. Right. Um, you know, when I went on, when I was the education director of, of the synagogue, and I have faculty meetings. They knew that, like you know, as as the captain of the ship, right? You had the last right. say of things. But I, those meetings were open for people to change my mind about the, the things right. we were about to do, right? And there were a lot of times where I'd say, "Here's what we're doing," and then open it up, and then by the end of the meeting, they nope, we're not doing it my way anymore. You know, right. yours right. is much better. And I wish we had more of those original conversations with the preliminary students we had. Right. Um, you know, I think that that would have been much more valuable and, and maybe much much easier to 
to figure out what future problems could have been. Right. Which right. which we didn't because we you know, at, there was a point in time where we were just taking the problems as face value and let's just oh here's an issue let's, we're done we got it you know like right. again because it, it's not as you said it's not that technologically you know out there that we can't be just fixing things on the fly and making sure. it better sure. you know sure. so yeah that's true yeah um, we'll we'll figure these things out and I think I think that you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And, and some version of that conversation of, you know, what are your concerns? You know, yep. is something that we need to be having all the time with students, Sure. Um, you know, because surveys don't work, right? You have to right. have that right. like, deeper and, conversation. Sure, I would also say that we've, we've had those conversations with students and also with our educators, you know, right. we, because, right. because they're the ones that are out there doing it. You know, like, I think the reason we switched from one platform to another for our live courses because our, our instructors were saying like, this is not working for me, I can't right, do it. Right. That was the original, you know, because they're having their classes and we're not sitting there watching their classes, you know? Right. And so the fact is that their feedback is, is just as important as the student feedback. And Absolutely. I think, you know, Absolutely. so yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, this has been a lot of fun talking about what didn't work and how we tried to resolve it. And if you have any critiques, if you have any questions, if you have any areas where you feel like we can improve, you know what to do. Go to jewishpluralism.org. And, you know, of course you can keep listening to us. So listen to us on all of the different platforms that you like for your podcasts. And hey, you know, we can't get better unless we have financial support. So uh, if you'd like to go on our website, click on donate. We would love your financial help. We really mean a lot to us. So Thank you, Rabbi Sandy Zisser, as always, for giving Thank me you. a really fun hour of my life once a week. I always look <laughs> forward to this. It's so much fun. We almost didn't have a, a podcast, and um, and Sandy, you know, really pushed it. And I was like, yeah, let's let's do this. Uh, so recording yeah. every week is, is so much fun. All right. Till next time, jewishpluralism.org, jewishpluralism.org. Thanks a lot. Well. well.